We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 620 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. It is the one-week anniversary of NFL owners voting unanimously to approve the sale of our football team called the Commanders uh, from Dan and Tanya Snyder to the Josh Harris Group. So happy anniversary uh, to you and yours. Uh, And this day is the first day on which fans can attend a practice at 2023 Commander's Training Camp, uh, which is taking place at the team facility in the Burn, uh, a.k.a. Ashburn, Virginia. Going to be interesting to see what kind of a crowd uh, we have for Thursday morning's practice. We do know that those watching practice are set to include the team's managing partner, Josh Harris, uh, who also was at Wednesday morning's practice, what was the team's first full team practice of this year's training camp. Also on Wednesday, by the way, uh, was a tweet from another member of the Josh Harris group, uh, one of the commander's limited partners, Magic Johnson. Uh, The tweet included a photo of Magic and his family on a yacht in Greece wearing commander's shirts, wrote Magic in the tweet, quote, my family and I are rocking our new commander's swag on the yacht today in Greece, end quote. Imagine telling someone 20 years ago (laughs) that in 2023, Magic Johnson would be one of the owners of the Redskins, and they'd be called the Commanders. Wait, what? Uh, Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Coming up on the show, lots of discussion and reaction to what went down at Commanders training camp on Wednesday, including a ton of key comments from head coach Ron Rivera and quarterback Sam Howell at post-practice press conferences on Wednesday morning. Next segment, I'm going to get into the latest from Ron on the new ownership, including Ron admitting that he does feel like he's auditioning for Josh Harris. Uh, And uh, what has stood out the most to Ron about his conversations with Josh so far. Uh, I then have a Sam Howell segment for you. Uh, You'll hear Ron and Sam on how Sam is doing, uh, where Sam feels he's especially improved, uh, and Sam on a key component of what he did at North Carolina and what it seems he'll be doing a good bit of this coming season, the RPO. 
The run pass option. Uh, Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, during his time as Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator the last five seasons was part of a Chiefs offensive operation uh, that ran a lot of RPO and it would appear that Bieniemy is bringing that to the Commanders and I do believe that that is a very good thing. Uh, and then I'll hit on a variety of other uh, commander's items, including significant news regarding edge defender Chase Young. The brace is off. No more brace. Uh, His right knee brace is off. Uh, Same, by the way, for tight end Logan Thomas. Uh, His brace is off. His left knee brace is off. So on the show, have a lot for you on the commanders as their training camp has begun. Remember, no podcast or show covers the NFL team of Washington, D.C., like this podcast does, no matter what the name <laughs> of that team is. Uh, also on the show, the Nationals, a tremendous win by the Nats on Wednesday afternoon, a 5-4 walk-off win over, yes, the worst team in the National League, the Colorado Rockies. But this was a game in which the Nats overcame a 4-1 ninth inning deficit. Shortstop C.J. Abrams capped the Nats 4-run ninth with a walk-off two out, bases loaded, RBI single through the right side of the infield. Uh, And I will talk Orioles. Uh, They, on Wednesday evening, lost at the Philadelphia Phillies 6-4 in a game in which the O's blew yet another significant lead, Uh, this time a 3-0 third inning lead. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. The feedback on the issue of the name, Commanders, continues to come in. Uh, You know, we had ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter saying that he does think that Josh Harris is going to change the name of the team. Schefter said this on uh, the most recent installment of his podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast, uh, which featured a conversation with Josh Harris. Email from Dan in Minnesota, writes Dan. So we already, with the new ownership, have talked of a name change. If the new ownership is thinking about a name change, then I expect that Jason Wright's office is already halfway packed. That rebrand was his baby. The surveys, the YouTube videos, the flat, awkward reveal, that's all him. If the new ownership really thinks that the name is so bad that it's a top priority to change, how can the new ownership keep him? The press conference for the new ownership was good. I would have loved to have been at FedEx Field for the pep rally. I personally hope that the new ownership group's top priority for immediate upgrade is the training slash recovery program. I think that the team is talented. I do not think that the team is deep. We need to keep the first stringers on the field. And I know that you did that kip from Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, when you heard Josh Harris talk about analytics and sports science. (laughs) Uh, Yes, maybe I did, Dan. Okay, maybe I did. Uh, I don't know how Josh Harris could be impressed by the way that the name Commanders was rolled out. Like, even if Josh loves the name Commanders, how could he like what went down on 2.2.22? And then, you know, things like the ensuing crest controversy and the debacle that was commandlegacy.com. This is why it is hard for me to see Jason Wright staying on as team president long term. Even if you concede that some of what has gone down under Jason's watch has been a function of Jason working under Dan Snyder. Still, uh, the emailer, Dan, was right. The rebrand was Jason's baby. And The execution of the rebrand was not good, uh, to say nothing of the actual name that was arrived at via the rebrand. Email from a great supporter of this podcast, Dr. Matthew Mintz, writes Dr. Mintz, 
Since the name issue doesn't seem to be going away, I wanted to add my two cents. However, I am not going to give my opinion on whether the name should change again or what the name should be, but rather the reason why the name Commanders is so hated. I believe that we are on the same page that while the name Commanders may not be very exciting, there is no clear better new name. However, the hatred of this name by so many, and it is a hatred that I believe is misguided, deserves some discussion. If you are truly being objective, the name Commanders is not so horrible. Now, some have said that the name Commanders has no connection to the region. Well, given that our Commander-in-Chief resides in Washington, D.C., and that the DMV has strong military ties, I disagree. I think that the best analysis of the name Hatred came from Tom Lavero when he was a guest on your podcast on episode 592. Tom said part of it is that fans are still ticked off that the name is not Redskins anymore. A big part of the anger is that the name change was picked by the previous ownership regime, and the fans want to flush everything down the toilet that has anything to do with that regime. And another part of the hatred of the name Commanders is the pathetic way (laughs) that the team rolled out the name. While I clearly understand this sentiment, I think that it's actually misdirected. While the name Commanders was signed off on by Dan, Commanders is not Dan's name. We know what Dan wants to call the team. It's Redskins. And you can put that in all caps. (laughs) Dan was forced to change the name, as you mentioned on Tuesday's show, because his former limited partners wanted out and used the name Controversy to get back at him. In fact, while there are many factors that led to the thankful ousting of Dan Snyder, it was not the workplace misconduct scandal or the congressional hearings. Uh, Dan appears to have survived both, but rather him being forced to buy out his limited partners and not having the money to pay back the debt that the NFL allowed him to have. Thus, one could argue that the process of changing the name from Redskins to Commanders was the first step in the thankful departure of Dan Snyder. In other words, the name Commanders is much more symbolic of Dan's exit than the name is symbolic of Dan's legacy. In fact, Dan is probably joyful that there are fans who, like him, want the name changed back to Redskins. And so rather than hate the name Commanders just because it happened under Dan's watch, I would argue that one of the best ways to get back at Dan would be to accept the name he was forced to sign off on and support the team now called the Commanders, a team that Dan no longer owns. Again, Just my two cents. What say you? (laughs) Uh, Thank you for the email, Dr. Mintz. You know, I actually think that there is a lot of truth in what the doctor wrote. Uh, Now, I have never been a proponent of the idea that Commanders is Dan Snyder's name. Therefore, we must hate the name Commanders. Dr. Mintz is right. Dan never wanted to change from Redskins. I would bet that if there's something about his ownership tenure that he actually truly feels bad about, it's that the name changed. Uh, Now, I would not keep the name Commanders just to get back at Dan, okay? Uh, But I would not get rid of it because it's Dan's name. It's not Dan's name. The name was arrived at under his watch, but he never wanted a name change. Uh, The reason for Josh Harris to change from Commanders would be that the best path forward for the team in terms of business operations would be to change the name. And that reason would include fans overwhelmingly hating the name. Uh, Because fans, i.e. customers, hating the name of something, hating the brand of something, is bad for business. Josh Harris is a businessman. 
The guy graduated from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and then Harvard Business School. He made his fortune in private equity. He co-founded the firm Apollo Global Management in 1990. As divisive and tedious and obnoxious as this name issue is, okay, I actually think that Josh Harris is going to get the name issue right. Uh, I would be surprised and disappointed if he didn't get the name issue right. I think that he's going to take his time and not rush into anything. And I think that we're seeing that with how he's answering questions about the name. Uh, I think that he's going to assess the situation analytically, not emotionally. I think that the fact that he is a longtime fan of the team is a very good thing. I think that the fact that he is not shy about actually saying the word Redskins shows that he's not some, you know, grandstander who is more concerned about coming off a certain way than he is about uh, what truly is the best and most sensible thing to do. So we'll see. Uh, you know, the offshore betting site betonline.ag on Monday came out with odds for the next name of, as betonline.ag put it, the Washington NFL franchise. The favorite was Spartans at six to one. The Washington Spartans. Uh, next was football team slash club at seven to one. Redskins was 50 to one. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Yes, like Jim Carrey said in the movie Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey the actor, not Jim Carrey the former Capitals goaltender. So you're telling me <laughs> there's a chance. Well, unfortunately, there's a very good chance that you're shopping your home and auto insurance right now. Uh, due to what's going on, uh, we are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Uh, you right now have every reason to shop your home at auto insurance, and that's why you should get with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com, and you'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance. It offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, and BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. 
All right. So the commanders on Wednesday morning held their first full team practice of 2023 training camp. They on Thursday morning will hold their first practice open to fans at this year's training camp. We on Wednesday show episode 619 hit on the new bleachers for fans. Uh, fans in attendance at the team facility in Ashburn, Virginia on Thursday morning will get to sit in the new bleachers and those fans will get to see the commander's new managing partner. The man whose group has rescued us from the ownership of Dan and Tanya Snyder, Josh Harris. Uh, he will be at practice on Thursday morning, just as he was at practice on Wednesday morning. Uh, also at practice on Wednesday morning was the commander's top limited partner, Mitchell Rails. Uh, head coach Rod Rivera on Wednesday morning did a post-practice press conference. This was Ron on Josh Harris being at Wednesday morning's practice. It was very cool. Um, you know, he, he, he wanted to come in and, you know, we talked about the best opportunity to be the first practice with the whole team. Um, and he will speak with them uh, later today as well during one, um, one of our team meetings. So it'll be an opportunity for them to, to hear from him specifically um, what his vision is um, and, and, and what the standard will be and what the expectations are. Um, that's one of the things I've really appreciated, my conversations with, with Mr. Harris and his partnership uh, group. They've, uh, they've all been great uh, in, in terms of our conversations and, and just listening to what the standard is and what the expectations are. And as you may have noticed, Ron Rivera is calling Josh Harris Mr. Harris, uh, just as Ron called Dan Snyder Mr. Snyder. Personally, I was never bothered by Ron calling Dan Mr. Snyder. I get that Dan, over the years, uh, arrogantly has insisted on being called Mr. Snyder, but Ron calls plenty of people Mr. You know, he comes from a military family. I always thought that the whole Mr. Snyder thing was more of a respect thing and a way of Ron throwing Dan an easy bone uh, as opposed to Ron operating out of fear of Dan or anything like that. So Mr. Harris is in the house. Uh, he is the new boss. Uh, Ron at his training camp press conference late Tuesday afternoon admitted, quote, I've got a lot to prove, end quote, to Josh Harris. Uh, this was Ron on Wednesday morning on whether he feels like he's auditioning for Josh Harris. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, is you, you, you handle everything and show them that everything's, you know, basically normal. It's what you do and how you do it. Um, and so for us, it's really about coming out, practicing, practicing with the right tempo, uh, being organized, having guys in place. Um, yeah, it is, it is a bit of an audition. But, you know, at, at the same time, you know, I can't worry so much about that as much as getting this football team ready to play. Yeah, so that kind of brings me to my next question. In the terms of the offseason, how much energy and was spent on who is my boss going to be and how much was spent on my football team? Well, I think a big part of it was, was it was always in the conversation. It was always something that, that would come up at some one point or another. Um, and again, understandable. Um, and, and for me, that's the distraction part. That's the part that you try to get past and, and, and stick to what's, what was really important. And, and it is about getting this football team ready. Um, you know, for the most part, also having to worry about how you know the the coaching staff sees things how our operations people think think see things how our support group see things um and and that's you know some of the things that i have to deal with and answer or i had to and and now that you know everything is kind of settled the dust has settled we know where everybody is um what's going to happen and, and who the folks are um it, it's you know I, I i like the situation the circumstances i think are very good for us it's interesting to me 
that Rod Rivera over the last two days has not been shy about saying what the deal is. He's coaching for his job. Uh, Now, Ron hasn't flat out said that, but he certainly has suggested that. Late Tuesday afternoon, quote, I've got a lot to prove, end quote. Wednesday morning, quote, it is a bit of an audition, end quote. And of course, all of this is true. Uh, Ron, over his three seasons, is Washington head coach as an overall regular season record of just a 22-27-1 and one, uh, and has yet to have a winning regular season. And the team in each of the last two seasons has uh, faded down the stretch. Uh, Ron's entering year four of what is believed to be a five-year contract. Heck yeah, he has a lot to prove. And heck yeah, he is auditioning. Uh, but I wonder if Josh Harris has made all of this clear to Ron. And that's why Ron is being so open about this. This was Ron on Wednesday morning on what has stood out to him in his conversations with Josh Harris. I, I think first and foremost, I really appreciate, you know, talking about the culture building. Um, you know, it's something that, that I was brought here to do and it, it aligns very well with the message that we've been trying to get across to our players. I love the fact that he talked about uh, inclusive and, and equity, you know, and, 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 and being an equal opportunity. I think that's important too, that, that people understand that, you know, from where we are to where we're going, you know, we still got a lot of work to do. Uh, we're going to take it one day at a time. But having somebody that's come in and, and, and said, hey, we're making the commitment to, you know, being supportive, giving you the tools that you guys need going forward um, is a very positive sign for us. Yes, it is. Uh, one thing that has been said about Josh Harris is that he does spend on resources and infrastructure. Uh, this was said to us by John Kincaid, host of the John Kincaid Show on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. Uh, John, on episode 557 of this podcast, uh, gave us a lot of time in talking about Josh Harris. And uh, John said a lot of good things about Josh Harris as managing partner of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Spending on resources and infrastructure. uh, That was one of Washington's many problems under Dan Snyder. Uh, The commander's team facility is a joke compared to other NFL teams' facilities. I mean, do you remember the report card? Uh, Yes, the report card. Uh, This past March 1st, we had the NFL Players Association coming out with its first NFL player team report cards for various things. Uh, The Commanders, the Washington Commanders, ranked dead last, number 32 out of 32 NFL teams in overall report card. Uh, If you break down the eight grades that the Commanders got, treatment of families, F, food service slash nutrition, D+, weight room, C+, Strength coaches, A plus. Training room, F minus. <laughs> Training staff, D. Locker room, F minus. Team travel, F minus. So out of the eight categories, the commanders got four Fs, including three F minuses. I mean, an F is bad enough. An F minus is like, you're so bad, you're F and a minus. You're F minus. Uh, yes, you could say that our team's infrastructure could use some work. Uh, but as for fans being in attendance at some of these training camp practices, starting with Thursday morning's practice, here was Ron Rivera on Wednesday morning. 
tomorrow should be even better with with the with the with the opening of uh, of the stands and, and us having our fan base here. I think it's going to be dynamic and electric. I'm excited about it. I really am. Uh, I think our players will feed off of it uh, as they fed off today. You know, having Mr. Harris, having Mr. Rails here, um, and the players knowing they were here, I think really helps. Um, add to that, and so tomorrow I'm excited to see it. You know, and, and Mr. Harris will be here again tomorrow, as, as will some more of the a partnership will be here. So, it, it is an opportunity for um, our fan base uh, and our players to really kind of get a little bit of interaction going. So, it, it should be uh, it should be fun. Yes, it should, uh, especially with the unbridled joy for fans off the sale of the team uh, from the Snyders to the Josh Harris group. Well, just as so many Commanders fans are on board with the Harris group, so too are many Commanders fans on board with WSH on the Daily on Instagram. Uh, Follow at WSH on the Daily on IG. On the Daily just started in 2021 and yet has nearly 22,000 followers. And on the Daily is literally daily. Uh, the page is updated every day. News, notes, reports, photos, graphics. Uh, this is a page that properly sources and vets its news and information. This is not a page that just, you know, posts anything <laughs> that anyone says. Uh, on the Daily on Instagram is a great place at which you can converse with other Commanders fans regarding the team, the draft, the sale, free agency, and trades. Uh, on the Daily responds to every single DM. Uh, on the Daily is a page at which you can have fun. Uh, lots of creativity with jersey swaps and unique graphics and the contest Name That Redskin and Free Wallpaper Wednesday, which is when On the Daily gives out a free wallpaper that you can use on your phone. Uh, and On the Daily always has a great fresh look. If you're on Instagram, check out at WSH on the daily for smart, informative, fun, and engaging commander's content. Check out at WSH on the daily on Instagram. All right, let us now focus on the commander's quarterback situation as the team's 2023 training camp is fully underway. Uh, We all know the deal. The team since January has been positioning Sam Howell to be the QB1 for this coming season, but nothing is guaranteed. Uh, If Sam has a terrible camp and a terrible preseason, uh, Jacoby Brissett could be the starting quarterback for week one. But otherwise, Sam Howell is the guy. The QB1 job very much is his to lose. Here was Head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday morning on how Sam did in Wednesday morning's practice. Well, I'll be honest, I thought all three guys did some good things, made some good decisions out there. Um, you know, the, the one thing that's impressive is, is really has been how the op, uh, defense really picked things up right back to where they were. I mean, defense had a good day today, put a lot of pressure on our, our receivers and their route running and, and, and put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks, and I thought the quarterbacks handled that pretty well. As, uh, you know, also just a, a lot of good things that, that we can build from. And, and again, as far as the quarterbacks were concerned, I'm, I'm happy with what we saw initially. Notable that Rod Rivera got asked how Sam Howell did and then instantly pivoted uh, to complimenting all three of the team's quarterbacks, not just Sam. Uh, The third quarterback is Jake Fromm. As we discussed last segment, uh, the team's new managing partner, Josh Harris, was at Wednesday morning's practice. It was run on Wednesday morning on the opportunity for Sam Howell to impress Josh Harris. I think it's a great a great opportunity. I mean, anytime the owner's out there, you know, you get an opportunity for whoever you are to, to, to step up and show them what you can and can't do. 
Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a very good plus. You know, Jacoby had a good day as well. Um, you know, in, in fact, all, th- all three of the quarterbacks, did. I thought Jake had a good day as, as well. But, you know, um, it, it, it is an opportunity for us. You know, anytime the ownership's around is, is to show them, you know, what we do and what we're capable of. <laughs> and there was Ron Rivera again getting asked a question about Sam Howell, but then using the answer as a chance to talk up Jacoby Brissett and Jake Fromm. I'm not reading much of anything uh, into that other than Ron doesn't want the quarterback conversation to be all about Sam Howell and doesn't want to anoint Sam before he is uh, anointed. Uh, Remember, Ron is sticking with this idea of a quarterback competition between Sam and Jacoby, even though this is not a 50-50 competition. I mean, as best as we can tell, Sam during OTA and minicamp practices took every first team practice rep, (laughs) okay? That is not a 50-50 quarterback competition. Jacoby Brissett, as best as we can tell, during OTA and minicamp practices did not take a single first team practice rep. You know, this is quite the deal for Sam Howell, right? The commanders took him in the fifth round of the 2022 NFL draft. He has played in one NFL regular season game, and yet he is being positioned to be the starting quarterback for a team with new ownership uh, and a head coach who quite clearly is coaching for his job. Uh, Sam Howell on Wednesday morning did a post-practice press conference. Here he was on this opportunity that he has. Yeah, um, obviously it's an ultimate blessing, um, especially from you know kind of how last year was. It's definitely a blessing for me to be in this opportunity that I'm in, um, and it's definitely not something that I take for granted. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of work left to be done. Um, you know, I'm not complacent at all. Um, you know, I, I know still everything is is ahead of me, and I still got to go out there and, and earn it and prove it each and every day. Um, so I'm going to continue to do that. And Sam Howell said that he needs to earn it. Uh, here he was on Wednesday morning on not being the team's official QB1. Yeah, um, you know, I just try to do everything I can. You know, I focus on myself and try to be the best player I can be. Um, whether I'm, I'm the third string or the starter, I'm still going to go about my business the same way um, and try and do everything I can to become the best player I can at that time um, and, and put my best foot forward and try to give our team a chance to win. The lone NFL regular season game in which Sam Howell has played, of course, was a win uh, this past January 8th. Uh, the Commanders concluded an 8-8-1 2022 regular season with a 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field. Sam in that game, 11-19 for 169 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He took three sacks. He had five carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. His best throw came on the final snap of the third quarter on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 33. Sam fired a 52-yard shotgun completion to Terry McLaurin on a great throw down the right sideline. That completion for the NFL's next-gen stats went for 60 air yards, making the completion the longest regular season completion in terms of air yards by a Washington quarterback since the start of the 2016 season. How about that for Sam Howell in his first career NFL regular season game? Uh, Here was Sam Howell on Wednesday morning on where he feels he has made the most improvement from OTA and minicamp practices. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point I have total command of the offense. Um, You know, I think I've made a lot of – I studied a lot this summer um, and trying to get really comfortable with the system, um, obviously because it's new, um, and just tying my feet into the concepts that we're running. Um, And I feel like I've I've made a lot of progress in that area. Um, So I'm excited to be here in camp and to have all the guys together and get an opportunity to prove that. 
So we heard Sam Howell mention his footwork. Uh, that has been something that has been singled out by Ron Rivera, is something on which Sam has had to improve. Uh, Sam Howell on Wednesday morning on what he worked on the most during the offseason. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I'm always trying to get better mentally um, and be more comfortable in this system. Um, and I think I did, did a lot of good work at that stuff. And then just get with my private quarterback coach back home, Anthony Boone, and working on my feet and tying my feet to the to the concepts that we have. Um, just cause some of them are new. Some of them are things that I haven't done before. Um, so just trying to sharpen those things up, and I feel like I'm in a good place. Well, footwork for a quarterback obviously matters a lot. Here was Sam Howell on Wednesday morning on his footwork being better. Yeah, yeah, light years ahead. Um, and I think last season, even when I wasn't playing, um, I got a lot better. Um, that's really a credit to Kenny Zampezi. Um, I was with him all last year, and he spent extra time with me um, before practice, after practice, just getting extra reps and really working on my feet. Um, so really, it's a credit to him. And then in the offseason, I just try to do the same stuff. Um, and I feel like I've gotten a lot better, and I feel really comfortable where I'm at. Yeah, Ken Zampezi, uh, he currently is the commander's senior offensive advisor slash game management uh, of having been the team's quarterbacks coach the previous three seasons, 2020 through 2022. It is so hard to know how much better Sam Howell truly is now as compared to last season. The truth is that we're not going to know anything for sure until the regular season begins. And even then, we're not going to be sure right away. I mean, the season has to play out. This is a big part of why I do not want Ron Rivera benching Sam if he gets off to slow start. I want Sam to have the opportunity to work his way uh, out of the slow start and get better as the season goes on. Uh, of course, Sam may not get off to a slow start. Uh, maybe he starts off on fire. Who knows? Uh, something that would lend itself uh, to that is the scheme of the commander's new assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bienemy. How is the marriage of Eric Bienemy and Sam Howell going to go? You know, a knock on Sam coming out of the University of North Carolina. Heck, one of the reasons that he fell to the fifth round of the 2022 draft is that he at Carolina played in an offense that was heavy on RPOs. It was heavy on run pass options. And there's this belief that you in the NFL can only do RPOs so much. Uh, personally, I do not buy that uh, because one of the biggest developments in the NFL over the last, say, 15 years has been this infiltration of offensive principles from college football into the NFL, shattering this idea of you can't do this, you can't do that in the NFL. No, actually, you can. Uh, Eric Bieniemy spent the last five seasons as the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. The Chiefs ran a ton of RPOs. How about this? According to Pro Football Focus, the Chiefs from the 2018 through 2020 regular seasons ran 669 RPOs, 200 more than the next highest total for a team during that span. Uh, Sam Howell on Wednesday morning on the RPO. Yeah, um, RPO, man, that's pretty much all we did in college. So all of our run game stuff in college was RPO stuff. Um, and last year's offense wasn't near as much as that. But in EB's offense, there is a lot of RPO stuff and a lot of stuff that I'm very familiar with, similar concepts, some of the same exact concepts that we ran at, at UNC. Um, so I'm very com I'm very confident in, the, in, my, in my RPO game. Um, and I'm excited to have, have the ability to, to do that because I love that type of stuff. And I think you can really make defenses wrong in the run game when you have the RPO ability. Um, so I'm excited that EB's kind of brought that stuff over to us. 
here is the deal with the RPO. It can and does work in the NFL. The Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback are an example of this. The Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts at quarterback are an example of this. Uh, Now, is Sam Howell as good as Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Uh, Well, we can't say that. Uh, not yet, anyway. <laughs> uh, but I love this idea of Eric Bieniemy running an offense that features something that Sam Howell knows and has done well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, more now from Commander's Head Coach Rod Rivera's post-training camp practice press conference on Wednesday morning that I want to get to with you. Guess whose brace has come off? Chase Young's brace. Edge defender Chase Young. Uh, he, during Wednesday morning's training camp practice, was sans a brace on his right knee. Uh, here was an exchange on Wednesday morning between Commander's insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Rod Rivera. With Chase, it looked like his brace was off. Is that just kind of another step in his Yes, recovery? absolutely, because it's the same thing if you look at Logan. Brace braces off, and, and that's the next progression, I guess, when you go through a knee injury. I was fortunate I didn't have one. Um, but just seeing these guys and seeing how spry they look right now and just bouncing around, uh, it's pretty exciting. It really is. Yes, it is exciting. Uh, it was on November 14th, 2021, that Chase Young suffered his uh, badly injured right knee. So it has been more than 20 months since Chase got hurt. And finally, that knee brace is off. Ron Rivera on Wednesday morning on how Chase looked in Wednesday morning's practice. 
Chase looked good. I was very pleased with it. I mean, he had a good off season. I, I do know that. Um, I followed him on social media, or every now and then he'd send me a little text to show me what he's been doing. Um, and like I said yesterday, too, one of the nice things was I, I know he went back, saw his old coach, uh, his, his college coach, Coach Johnson, um, who he's got a tremendous relationship with, and I know they worked on some of his things, too, as well. So uh, he showed up ready to roll, as, as, as were most of our guys. I, I think our guys came back in great shape. And as I said, I was really pleased with the tempo in which they practiced with. And Coach Johnson is Ohio State Associate Head Coach and Defensive Line Coach Larry Johnson, the father of former NFL running back Larry Johnson, who actually played for the Redskins in the 2010 season, although uh, he did not play for the Skins for long. But good to have good news on Chase Young. Now, I am not going to go crazy with him having the brace off and looking good and, you know, putting stuff out on social media. We got to see Chase produce in actual regular season games. Chase in the 2022 regular season played in just three of the Commander's 17 games. He was on the reserve slash physically unable to perform list from August 23rd, 2022 to November 21st, 2022. Uh, And then he was inactive for three consecutive games. Now, he in his three games last season, it did play pretty well, but we need to see a lot more. Uh, big season for Chase Young. A contract season for Chase. Uh, don't forget, the Commanders in the 2023 offseason did not exercise the fifth-year option in Chase's rookie contract. Uh, so we, with this year's Washington training camp, have had something that I don't remember the team having. Multiple report dates. Uh, I'm not going to say that this has never happened. I just don't recall uh, this having happened. The Commanders had rookies and quarterbacks report this past Friday. July 21st, and then had the rest of the veterans report this past Tuesday, July 25th. And then we had the first full team practice on Wednesday morning, July 26th. Here was Ron Rivera on Wednesday morning on why the team this year had rookies report before veterans. Well, you know, it was one of the things that we wanted to do when I first got here because, you know, you got a lot of new things to introduce to everybody. You want to give the young guys an opportunity to settle in and then work with the rest of the guys. Uh, We couldn't because of the pandemic. So bringing in Eric and knowing that there's going to be a lot of new things, we wanted to give those young guys an opportunity to get, get on board. Secondly, with our first and second round picks also being on the defensive side, we wanted them to get a little bit of a jump as well and get acclimated. Um, so having those guys out here for the first three days, I think, was very helpful for them uh, and very helpful for us as, in, as far as coaches because we got back into the swing a little bit. All right. So there was the explanation for the multiple report dates for training camp for this year. And then what about the commander's new kicker? Uh, The team on Tuesday afternoon announced the signing of unrestricted free agent kicker Michael Badgley, uh, who will compete with the team's incumbent kicker, Joey Sly. Rod Rivera on Wednesday morning on what he's looking for in signing Michael Badgley. We're looking for competition is what we're looking for. You know, this is uh, Mike's a, a guy that's kicked in this league. You know, he was 100% last year in extra points. Um, he, uh, I think he was 24 of 28 in field goal attempts, and a couple of his misses were from 50 yards. So he's, 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 got, a, he's got a record. Um, he's, he's a very accomplished player. So I'm expecting competition. I'm expecting to bring the best out of our guys. I mean, that's, that's what we're expecting. That's what we're expecting Jacoby and, and, and Sam to do is push each other so we can get the best out of them. And, and again, this is, everything is going forward. I mean, uh, this is an exciting time for us. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a change. It's an opportunity for uh, us to go forward. I don't think that it was random that the first thing that Ron Rivera mentioned about Michael Badgley was that he, in the 2022 regular season for the Detroit Lions, uh, went a perfect 33 for 33 
on extra points. Uh, Joey Sly in the 2022 regular season went just a 24 of 28 on extra points. Uh, now, each guy last regular season was good on field goals. Uh, Badgley for the Lions went 20 of 24 on field goals, and for the Chicago Bears went 4 of 4 on field goals. So he went a combined 24 of 28 on field goals. Sly went 25 of 30 on field goals. Well, what a crazy last few days for the Nationals. Tuesday night, a 6-5 rain-delayed win over the National League worst Colorado Rockies at Nationals Park in a game in which the Nats overcame a 5-2 eighth-inning deficit off two rain delays that totaled two hours and 16 minutes. Uh, That game ended shortly before midnight on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning, about 12 hours before Game 3 of the series, as we had a 12.05 p.m. scheduled first pitch for Game 3. And Game 3 ended up being a 5-4 walk-off win over the Rockies in a game in which the Nats overcame a 4-1 ninth-inning deficit. The Nats on Wednesday afternoon scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Quite the rally by the boys. I'm proud of the boys. Yeah, Nats manager Davey Martinez and the boys, a very nice win on Wednesday afternoon to conclude a very nice 5-1 and one homestand. Uh, the Nats won this series uh, that was a battle of the two worst teams in the National League this regular season. The Nats now are 43-59, and 59, three games ahead of the Rockies. The Nats on Wednesday afternoon scored five runs on just five hits, all of which were singles. Uh, how? Uh, Well, the Nats worked five walks, also went two for seven with runners in scoring position. But how about the nature of this Nats four-run ninth? The Nats in the bottom of the ninth scored four runs on just two hits, uh, including the hit of the game, uh, the white-hot C.J. Abrams, a walk-off, two-out, bases-loaded RBI single through the right side of the infield for the 5-4 Nats win. Abrams on Wednesday afternoon as the Nats starting shortstop and number one batter went one for four with a walk-off. RBI single and a walk. Uh, here was Davey Martinez during his post-game press conference on Wednesday afternoon on C.J. Abrams having the walk-off RBI single. A uh, big, big moment for him, you know, big moment for our team. I mean, like I said, you know, you know, he was he was kind of swinging a little uphill today, you know, and, and you know, I reiterated again that he needs to hit the ball down, get the ball down, you know, hit the ball down, hit a line drive, um, just simple ground ball in the hole, you know, scored a winning run for him. So, um, but he's doing really well. He, he's done 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 really well. He's mature. He's maturing as as, as we sit here. Um, he loves playing the game and he loves leading off because you know, like I said before, part of that leadoff spot is is getting on base for you teammates and uh, he loves that part of it do you notice a change in him now that he's seen some results just in terms of demeanor or in terms of that thank you how much fun he's having? Yeah, he's, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. You know, and, and like I said, you know, we're, we're, get, we're giving him the leeway to to get on base and uh, feel free to, to run when he when when it's when he has the opportunity. So, uh, but he's having a lot of fun. What I love is that he's playing really good defense. You know, that, and that's that's awesome. You know, that he's he's separating the hitting from from the defense. And he's going out there making all all the plays. C.J. Abrams now in this month of July has an on-base percentage of 386 and a slugging percentage of 550. He is killing it in this month of July. But the Nats in this four-run ninth on Wednesday afternoon scored the four runs on two singles, four walks, a bases-loaded hit-by-pitch, and an RBI ground out. I mean, this was the epitome of manufacturing a big inning 
Uh, the Rockies manager, Bud Black. Do you remember him? Uh, the Nats wanted Bud Black as their manager uh, in the 2015-2016 offseason, but negotiations between Black and the team broke down, and so the Nats ended up hiring Dusty Baker as manager. Uh, well, Bud Black in this game on Wednesday afternoon stuck with reliever Daniel Bard, uh, who in that four-run Nats ninth really struggled. You know, Bard has a history of having the yips. He, in this game, was charged with four runs in two-thirds of an inning. He issued four walks, one of which was intentional. He issued a bases-loaded hit-by-pitch, and he gave up a single. He threw 24 pitches, a mere eight strikes, versus 16 balls. Uh, Ildemaro Vargas, in the Nats' four-run ninth, uh, drew a pinch game-tying, two-out, bases-loaded four-pitch walk to tie the game at four. Uh, the Nats on Wednesday afternoon overall did not hit well, uh, but give credit. They found a way uh, to rally. As the television play-by-play voice of the Nats Massens, Bob Carpenter likes to say, the scrappy Nats. Uh, they were scrappy on Wednesday afternoon. The Nats starting pitcher for this 5-4 walk-off win over the Rockies was Jake Irvin. Uh, he had a mixed outing. On the one hand, he allowed four runs in six innings. He gave up three home runs, and he issued a balk. Uh, all of that not good. But on the other hand, Irvin only gave up three other hits, a double and two singles. Uh, he issued two walks, okay. He recorded seven strikeouts, and he threw a lot of strikes. He over 105 pitches through 70 strikes versus just 35 balls. So as outings from young starters go, there was some good in this outing from Irvin, but you know, uh, you can only go so far with that, uh, given that the guy allowed four runs in six innings. Irvin, in the top of the second, gave up a one-out two-run homer by Alaurice Montero to left field for a 2-0 Rockies lead. Irvin, in the top of the third, gave up a one-out solo homer by Ryan McMahon on a bomb to the second deck in right center field for a 3-0 Rockies lead. That homer went a projected 441 feet per stat cast, and Irvin, in the top of the sixth, Gave up a leadoff first pitch, opposite field homer by Michael Tolia to left center field for a 4-1 Rockies lead. Uh, And major props to the Nats bullpen, which kept the Nats in this game uh, and allowed for the comeback to be possible. Three Nats relievers combined for three perfect innings with three strikeouts. Jordan Weems tossed one and a third perfect innings. Joe LaSorsa faced two batters and got two outs. And Andres Machado, he is back, and uh, he tossed a perfect top of the ninth with two strikeouts. So the Nats on Wednesday morning selected the contract of reliever Andres Machado from AAA Rochester and optioned reliever Amos Willingham to Rochester. And to make room for Machado on the 40-man roster, the Nats transferred center fielder Victor Robles to the 60-day injured list. And uh, that is notable because that means that the earliest that Robles could be back playing for the Nats would be in late August. Uh, The Nats on June 21st put Robles on the 10-day injured list with back spasms in the lumbar spine. He had been on the 10-day IL from May 8th, retroactive to May 7th to June 16th, due to back spasms. So the back has been an issue for Robles for a while now, and now he has been transferred to the 60-day IL. So it still will be a while until we see Victor Robles back playing for the Nats, uh, if we see him back playing for the Nats at all this season. You know, I guess it is possible uh, that he is done for the season, but, you know, we're not ready uh, to know that yet. Uh, next up for the Nats, a four-game series at perhaps the single most disappointing team in the majors this season, the New York Mets. Uh, game one Thursday night at 7:10. Josiah Gray will be the Nats starting pitcher.
Well, it happened again. The Orioles blowing a significant lead. Uh, This is becoming an issue for the O's. So Wednesday evening, a 6-4 loss at the Philadelphia Phillies to lose the series two games to one. Uh, The O's in this game blew a 3-0 third inning lead. This off what happened on Tuesday night, a 4-3 walk-off loss at the Phillies in a game in which the O's blew a 2-1 six-inning lead and a 3-2 ninth-inning lead. Uh, And that was off the O's in each of their previous four wins having blown a significant lead. Uh, The good news is that the Tampa Bay Rays on Wednesday afternoon did lose uh, a 7-1 loss to the Miami Marlins. So the O's for this regular season now are 62-40 and and still are one and a half games ahead of the Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. Uh, Rough outing for Kyle Bradish on Wednesday evening. He was bad for the first time in nine starts. Uh, Bradish in this 6-4 loss at the Phillies allowed five runs in six and two-thirds innings. He gave up seven hits, a solo homer, two doubles, and four singles. He issued two walks and a wild pitch. He recorded just three strikeouts. He threw 84 pitches, 55 strikes versus 29 balls. The homer was key. Bradish and what ended up being a two-run seventh for the Phillies gave up a tie-breaking two-out opposite field solo homer by the Phillies' number nine batter, Edmundo Sosa, to right field on an 0-2 pitch for a 5-4 Phillies lead. I mean, you think about that. Ball game's tied. You're facing the number nine batter in the Phillies lineup. You have two outs. The guy is down 0-2, and you end up giving up a tie-breaking solo home run. Kyle Bradish had been good lately, so I'm not going to crush him for what happened on Wednesday evening. Here was O's manager Brandon Hyde during his postgame session with reporters on Wednesday night on Kyle Bradish. 0-2, that's kind of a, been a big bugaboo for our pitching staff this year, 0-2, executing 0-2, just uh, up and away, and, um, you know, so a pretty good swing on him, but uh, got really good the first two innings. They kind of lost command there in the third and the fourth. Uh, was hoping he'd find it, uh, and he did, and the fifth and the sixth were great. Two, got two outs in the seventh, and then just leaves an 0-2 pitch in a bad spot. He's been really good his last 10 starts. Um, you know, he just just had a rough couple of innings there in that middle, that third and the fourth. Uh, besides that, though, he had really good stuff, and uh, he'll, he'll bounce back. Uh, also for the O's on Wednesday evening was uh, more spottiness from their bullpen. Uh, three Orioles relievers combined to allow a run in one and a third innings. The problem was CNL Perez, who actually had been pretty good lately, but he on Wednesday evening had some problems. He let a run in facing three batters and recording no outs. Uh, Perez in that two-run Philly seventh issued a two-out four-pitch walk of former national Kyle Schwarber, issued a two-out hit-by-pitch of Nick Castellanos, and then gave up a two-out first-pitch RBI single by another ex-nat Bryce Harper up the middle for a 6-4 Phillies lead. The other two Orioles relievers who pitched in this game were fine. Mike Bauman faced one batter and got one out, and Cole Irvin tossed a scoreless bottom of the eighth with two strikeouts. But the Orioles pitching is a concern, and you know their ace reliever, Felix Batista, ended up not pitching at all in this series. Uh, if he's hurting, <laughs> uh, the O's are in some trouble, but we'll see. Uh, and then the Orioles' offense in this 6-4 loss at the Phillies on Wednesday evening was just so-so. Uh, the O's for the game 
Eight hits, but just one walk, two for six with runners in scoring position. The eight hits were comprised of a homer, two doubles, and five singles. Adley Rutschman had the homer, and uh, it was a key homer. Uh, Rutschman has the Orioles starting DH and number two batter, one for four with a three-run homer. He did strike out twice, but Rutschman in an Orioles three-run third, a two-out, full-count, three-run homer to left field for a 3-0 Orioles lead. No infielder Gunnar Henderson in this game. He did not play off leaving the previous game due to lower back discomfort. And remember, the O's now are down two center fielders as both Cedric Mullins and Aaron Hicks now are on the 10-day injured list. Uh, A rough last few days for the O's. Uh, No game for the O's on Thursday. What is their first off day since the All-Star break? And uh, they definitely need this off day. Uh, Next up for the O's, a three-game series against the New York Yankees at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, with all three games being night games. Uh, Game one, Friday night at 7.05, Grayson Rodriguez will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday night at 7.15, Tyler Wells will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. And game three, Sunday night at 7.10, Dean Kramer will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 621. We'll provide you with more on the commanders. Also talk nationals, and that's on Thursday night at 710, game one of a four-game series at the New York Mets. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say... More like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah!